0: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the five-minute clinical consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Roger M. is a 52 year old male who is not happy. COVID has kept him from seeing his grandchildren, meeting with his local buddies to play cards and working eight to nine hours a day on his computer, which he really hates. His concerns today is that he has had a horrible stiff neck, especially on the right side. And he asks you, what can I do to get rid of this pain in my neck? Hi, this is frank domino and joining me today to discuss neck pain uh, especially through our covid pandemic is dr robert baldor professor and founding chairman from the department of family medicine at umass medical school bay state in springfield massachusetts hello bob
1: hi frank it's great to talk about this uh this issue and to be here uh today i gotta tell you my neck has been stiff there's been a couple of days i've been on Webexes for 4 or 5 6 hours of the day and it is so exhausting so and people are coming in i think i've had more neck complaints in the last 3 or 4 months than than ever what what should we do with a patient like this
0: well well neck pain is a pain in the neck for sure and it seems certainly worse with all of us spending more and more time sitting on our computer So it's very common and and neck pain can be caused by a number of different things, but for the most part, the most frequent cause of new onset neck pain is musculoskeletal issues. So what's the differential diagnosis? Uh, Spondylolysis, or is the age-related degeneration of the spine is very common, but it's rarely a cause of severe pain. Disc herniation can cause nerve impingement with referred pain. Of course, trauma can, but the things that cause common pain in people who are spending too much time on their computer is something called the upper cross syndrome, where you get tightness of the upper trapezius and the levator scapula muscle on the back that causes tightness of the pectoralis major and minor muscles, leading to that very common scenario where people come in with their heads slumped forward and their shoulders hunched. There are those red flag things like malignancy and spinal abscess, but they're very uncommon. And, and as you know, you'll, you'll be sensitive to that fact based upon their presentation. Certainly, Roger, in this case, is unlikely to have one of those. So after you think about the differential diagnosis, you want to do a physical exam. Now, Roger's not having any peripheral nerve symptoms. He's mostly got neck pain. So what you wanna do is perform Sperling's test. This is a highly sensitive and specific test. And you may remember it from your training, what you do is you passively move the patient's neck into lateral flexion, which means you, you bring the ear towards the, towards the shoulder that's, that's having some discomfort. And then you bring the neck into extension, which means you bring the chin up. Then you apply gentle downward force, like you're trying to push on their spine straight down. And what you're trying to do is, is cause or reproduce some neuropathic pain, pain going down their extremity. If you get that, then you have to think about some uh, nor- neural foramen impingement, and you probably need to work it up. But if that's negative, you can probably treat this as a musculoskeletal condition.
1: Well, that's good to know. It's nice to refresh uh, doing that Sperling test. I got to tell you, Frank, I'm not the tallest person in the world. So sometimes I'm on my tiptoes uh, trying uh, to, to do this. And so, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're pretty clear. There's no red flags. We're not thinking there's any ridiculous symptoms. So what, what, what should we do next? All
0: right. Well, for Sperling's test, Bob, you bring up a good point. I bring the patient off the exam table and put them in a chair, because if you try to do it on the table, you have to be eight feet tall. So, um, you know, Henny Youngman's famous joke, Doctor, it hurts when I do this. The first thing you need to do is talk to the patients about changing their behavior. They need to stop doing what's causing their symptoms. So if they're sitting at a computer five to eight hours a day, you need to move the screen up so that their chin is pointing up above horizontal when they look at the screen. Constantly looking down puts, makes the muscles of your neck do all sorts of work that the spine is supposed to do. So move the screen up, make sure your, your, your desk chair has armrests, so then your arms rest on the armrests when you're typing and using the computer, and get rid of the wheels on the chair. Those wheels require you to tense up your body and use your muscles to keep yourself in place. You have a chair without wheels, you will stay put. The other thing I often do is tell patients to put a six-inch uh, shoebox or something under their feet. That also forces them to sit with their back into their chair and their neck supported. What do we know from the medical literature about how to treat these sorts of muscular complaints? Well, a Cochrane systematic review has found that six weeks of twice weekly physical therapy is incredibly effective at helping patients Um, improve these symptoms. They do things like traction or will use a soft collar. They also teach patients how to use stretching straps. And and I've got to tell you, I have used these with patients and use them myself. And they're really remarkable. It's a tool we just don't, we don't discuss much. And they also found that a course of NSAIDs helps improve symptoms quicker. Now, Recently, there were a number of small studies that looked at the use of a suboccipital release. This is a manual medicine technique that any of us can perform right in the office, and that causes almost immediate decrease in symptoms. Of course, if the patient continues to have bad posture, the symptoms will come back, but you can treat them and you can teach themselves how to treat themselves. So let me explain how you do it. You have the patient lie supine on the exam table with their eyes closed and their chin pointing up at the ceiling. You place your palms underneath the occiputs of their head, and you slowly bend your fingers. You flex your fingers so that your fingers are just into the soft tissue, just inferior to the occipital condyles and lateral to the spinal processes. And then you apply gentle, soft pressure, not painful, but soft pressure into those soft tissues. And what you're trying to do is get the patient to relax. So I often tell them I want them to take slow breaths in and out. And you just do this for as little as four minutes and you will feel the muscles give way under your fingers. Patients think it's amazing, like you're some sort of magician. and All you're doing is getting the muscles to relax. So I put my fingers into the soft tissue, hold them there firmly and ask them to take slow, deep breaths in through their nose and out through their mouth. Once their muscles feel totally relaxed, slowly slide your hands out, have the patient sit up slowly and try to show them proper
1: posture. Wow, that is amazing, Frank. I've been sitting here doing this massage as we're talking. Now I'm sitting in my chair, but it just feels so much better uh, as I'm sitting here hunched over, looking at my computer screen. Love the idea of getting rid of the uh, getting rid of the wheels. Um, now, if, if you're doing this, um, you, you can bill for this, right? There's uh, uh, billing codes that that one can use. I mean, I'm not usually doing these types of releases myself, but is that something to be thinking about as well? Well, I do. Um, you can. You, you
0: have to use a diagnostic code, uh, an E&M code. Um, typically, for just you know an uncomplicated neck pain, I would probably bill a 99214. You want to have an ICD-10 code that reflects neck pain, um, and then use a modifier 25 and a procedure code, a CPT code of 97140. That's a manual therapy technique in one or more regions. And if you're just doing the neck, you do, you choose one reason. Your your electronic record will prompt you. And most private insurances will reimburse you for this four-minute simple procedure. Um, you just have to document that you provided an informed consent. You did post-intervention um, evaluation to see if the patient received any improvement, and you document those few things, and you will get paid for doing this.
1: Wow, that's really helpful. So modifier 25 with a CPT code of 97140. So Frank, one thing you didn't mention, and patients are always wanting x-rays, uh, you know, and, and I worry about arthritis and so on, and is this, should I be getting plain films? What's the story with imaging in these situations?
0: Uh, you know, unless there was a history of trauma or a previous history of malignancy or concerns about malignancy or infection, I don't get any imaging. I try conservative therapy. I'll do a release in the office. I'll start NSAIDs. I'll refer them to physical therapy. Um, I'll also encourage them to try traction at the physical therapy. And if it's beneficial, consider that at home and provide close follow-up. If they don't get better, without changing their circumstance and the physical therapy, then you need to consider your broadening your work up and that that may include imaging.
1: Wow, this is great. Thank you, Frank. A lot of information here. And uh, boy, this is really gonna be helpful for me. And as as you know, lots of patients coming in with uh, with neck pain. Thanks a lot for going over this for with us.
0: Sure, Bob, one last point. Um, if you have a patient who gets significant benefit from the suboccipital release, they sell a variety of these tools online for as little as 20 and $30. So you can recommend it. There's been a small randomized controlled trial that actually demonstrated significant patient subjective improvement by using these home tools. So I don't endorse any one of them, but if they got better with your treatment, you might ask them to, to give that a try as well. And, and good luck folks. Um, if you haven't had tried doing this, please don't hesitate. It's extremely safe
1: and very rewarding. Great, good to know. Thanks again
0: practice pointer. For patients with neck pain not caused by red flags, consider performing a suboccipital release in the office and suggest home traction as well as physical therapy. Join us next time when we talk about new evidence about how long to treat community-acquired pneumonia. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.